Today's podcast is sponsored by The Morning Navigator, a daily newsletter written by Tony Greer, who is a 30-year veteran trader in the financial markets. I think it's important to be responsible with your personal finances and investments, and it's hard to do that without understanding the markets. Now this is where The Morning Navigator fills a specific need for me. If you're looking for actionable trade ideas or simply to educate yourself about the markets, then The Morning Navigator will help you to do both. It's an interesting, informative, and amusing daily read. Now, a subscription to The Morning Navigator normally costs $60 a month or $650 per year. However, my listeners can go to tgmacro.com, sign up for a free one-week trial, and apply the code ZUBY, Z-U-B-Y, at checkout for a discount of either $10 off the $60 a month subscription or $100 off the $650 annual subscription. As you can infer, the annual subscription is a better deal. Either one is a win when it comes to understanding the global markets and managing your personal investments. So once again, you can sign up today for a free trial at tgmacro.com. tgmacro.com. Go check it out. I am the man, sick with the slang, sick and I'm destined for fame. Do for the fam, not for the grand, stunt me destined for pain. I do not front, I do not scam, put some respect on my name. Sick like a bang, click and I bang, y'all gonna remember the name. What's up, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls around the world? I would like to welcome you back to the Real Talk with Zuby podcast. Now, on today's episode, we have got on a fellow independent artist. He's recently been touring throughout Europe. He's got a whole bunch of releases under his belt. And this is Jonas. Welcome to the show, man. Hey, thanks, man. I appreciate you having me. That's awesome, bro. Yo, I've just done a real brief intro right there, but tell the people who you are and what it is that you do. Uh, I'm Jonas, five letters, one man. I represent the people. Uh, from New York City. I'm a recording artist. I've been doing it the last seven, eight years independently um, and just lucky to have been born in this day and age where, where uh, the independent artist uh, has, a, has a pathway. So I'm uh, just looking to keep it going. Awesome, man. And how did you get into music? Uh, so I, I got into music early on. Uh, it was kind of it forced upon me at first. Uh, okay. my, my mom said I had too much energy. So she, uh, she put me in, in different classes where I could kind of get that energy out. And one of those classes, or two of those classes were, were music-based. Uh, I went to like a drum class and then I also played violin. And so I did that for about nine years. Um, took a break from that. Um, and then uh, just somewhere in high school, uh, I rediscovered my love for music and, and more importantly, just you know really got into the hip hop scene in New York. Um, and it was kind of history from there. That's awesome, man. So did you grow up in New York? Is that right? Yeah. Born, born and raised in New York city. Um, okay. South Bronx. <laughs> okay, cool, man. And what yeah, was yeah. that like for you growing up? Uh, it's crazy. It, it was crazy. Um, being a uh, first generation American, um, my, my mom being from Uganda, my dad being from Ethiopia. Mm. Um, it was, it was very interesting cause you know, American culture is, is one that's very brash and, and, and in your face. And, and if you don't have the right guidance, you know what I'm saying? You got to learn those things on your own. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I was kind of mm. just out there, um, you know, learning everything firsthand. Uh, I had nothing passed down to me in terms of like the, the do's and don'ts. And, and so it was interesting, man. Um, but I think that's the best way to learn. Looking back, I wouldn't change it. Um, but New York is definitely very fast paced. And uh, for kids, it's just, it's crazy. You learn things super early, you know what mm. I'm saying? Like you learn how to defend yourself. You learn how to throw a punch. <laughs> you learn yeah. about girls and, and, and drinking and drugs and all that. But by the time you're 10 years old, you know what I'm saying? So it's kind of mm. crazy. 
Yeah. No, that's interesting, man. I mean, I've been to New York a couple of times. I was just there in November last and yeah. it's a really interesting city, but it's one of those places I can't really imagine growing up there, you know, like yeah, obviously yeah. a lot of people do, <laughs> yeah. but first time I ever went there was a, as an adult. And every time I'm there, I'm kind of like, man, like this would be a weird place for a, a kid to right. Up. I don't know. It just doesn't strike me as a, a young person. Well, young people as in, you know, like maybe in their early twenties and stuff, but right. Right. Yeah. Even young, when young, I walk yeah. around, yeah. Even when I walk around New York, I don't really see children. Right. Right. <laughs> No, it's exactly. like I don't see kids. <laughs> right, right. It's, yeah, it's it, it is it's super weird. Um, and growing up there, man, it's just it, it's it really is a trip. But you know, at the end of the day, you know, it gives you those street smarts. You know what I'm saying? And, mm. and by learning things early, I feel like you're better prepared to go out into the rest of the world and to to have like that adaptive nature where it's just like, all right, now I'm thrown into, you know, I was I was just in Europe and 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 in London and London's very fast paced and but I felt like I picked it up in 24 hours. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? I knew the ins and outs and I knew where to go, where not to go, you know, in all the different spots. And I think that's just, you know, something you kind of um, you know, you kind of inherit you know, growing up in, in New York. So it's, it's got its pros and cons, yeah, <laughs> but yes. Yeah, yeah. It seems like there's no kids there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. It is weird. It's, it's just one of those strange things I noticed. I was like, where are the, where are the children? Um, how did you find London? Have you, had you been there before or was it your first time? No, nah, I'd never been there. Um, okay. That was, yeah, that was my first time um, in London. Um, I, I, I liked it. Um, I think everything is really spread out, um, which is, which makes it interesting. Um, you got to take a lot of the public transportation, which mm-hmm. I, I think actually helps you get the lay of the land. Um, but, you know, if, you, if you're trying to take Ubers <laughs> from oh, no. place to place, I mean, they can rack up, <laughs> <laughs> which I learned my lesson the hard way. Um, yeah, yeah, no, I don't recommend taxi and Uber in London unless you right. absolutely have to. Exactly. How do you so, find it compared to New York? I, th- I thought it was, um, it, obviously, there's the whole thing where the traffic runs in the opposite direction oh, yeah. which so I'm, I'm meanwhile i'm about to cross the street and i look, le- <laughs> I look left and almost get hit by a bus coming from the other side and i was like oh all right i gotta look both ways out here um but you know you know that's not this just one of the obvious things but culturally i think it's cool um it was uh, one of the places in europe that I felt like uh, a little more comfortable just cause you know, the, the, there's a, a lot of diversity there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as it is the place where a lot of people do go and visit. And, um, and so I feel like culturally there, they, they, uh, they kind of, uh, they, they play to that, that, you know, they understand that there's going to be a lot of different people from different parts of the world. Um, so I just thought it was cool for, for that reason. Um, and I just think architecturally it was awesome. Mm. Um, just just looking at you know some of the, the different building structures and and the different houses and stuff like that you know so I thought that I thought I thought it was really cool you know and I you know I, I definitely want to go back when I have more time yeah um and and I'm able to kind of soak it up even more awesome man and was it your first time in the UK period um I the first time I was in the UK I think I'm it, I was too young to even remember okay, okay. Um, I think my mom had taken me uh when i was maybe four or five years old four years old okay um so i i consider it my first time yeah that's cool man well i'm, I'm glad you uh enjoyed enjoyed my country yeah yeah man. yeah <laughs> yeah it's awesome uh, i'm not the i'm not the ambassador of the uk but I, I like to for people to come here and enjoy it there you go there you go yeah, man and what other cities did you uh perform in in europe um, so I was, uh, we did about four or five cities in Germany, um, mm-hmm. Munich, Stuttgart, Dusseldorf, uh, Frankfurt, 
Berlin. Nice. Um, uh, forgive me if I'm forgetting one. Uh, so we we did that, and then we also did um, uh, Vienna, Austria. Oh, nice. Uh, we did Amsterdam, which was was really cool. Yeah, it's always cool going to Amsterdam. Um, and uh, we did Switzerland as well. Awesome, man. In those like in German speaking countries like Germany, I haven't yet performed in Austria, but in Germany they love hip hop, man. Oh yeah, they love hip hop in Germany, dude. Ooh, yeah. their energy level is yeah. ridiculous, man. <laughs> yeah, I like to think of my stuff as somebody who has like a lot of energy and and I could I could get down with with the best of the rock stars when it comes to just like drinking <laughs> and and being out and about. But man, I'm telling you, I think I met my match. Okay. Uh, yeah, Germany is, you know, they're wild. Yeah, they love it. Do you know what I love, what I love about Germany and um, also countries like the, like the Czech Republic, kind of like Central Europe as well, is they love like hip-hop, hip-hop. You know, like, right. they love like you, you, we're now in this time where you've got a lot of different kinds of hip-hop. Right. And what I find that is in continental Europe, they kind of like straight up hip-hop, like you know, rapidly rap if someone wants to call it, you know, like, yeah, exactly. like just, just rapping bars, not like method man. And yeah, all yeah. Yeah. They love that. Yeah. yeah. Not like the weird mumbling and tons of auto tune and you know, all yep. of that. That's uh, and I think both of our styles in terms of rapping are more, more lyrical focused wordplay, being able to understand every word. It's more right. traditional in that kind of sense. You know, I, I was listening to, um, I've been listening to to a lot of your tracks and you know there there are bars it's uh it's not just yeah. I don't know we live in this time I don't I don't know what you think it's of not, I mean, it's I, not fluff it's not fluff and it's not you know yeah, what I mean? it's, it's not just like, behind melodies and stuff like that yeah, yeah it's like okay he's he's saying something you know right, exactly. okay there's there's lines there's thoughts that's going into the lyrics we live in this time where it's um yeah it's strange it's like the lyrics are kind of an an afterthought to a lot of people mm-hmm. The lyrics almost i hate i hate it when people kind of say lyrics don't matter like i feel a, a part of my soul gets hurt when people say <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> but but, but that's real. what a lot of people think now so it's refreshing yeah. to to hear that and just be like okay cool like there's actually some content here it's not just absolutely live. yeah man yep. so, so tell us awesome man so tell us a little bit more about how you got into hip-hop i mean of course growing up in new york i assume that was a pretty huge influence just everywhere Oh yeah, I mean, I mean, hip hop. You go out for recess at lunchtime, um, and you know you would uh, you would hear, you know, the newest mixtape. Um, back then it was mixtapes. Mm. Uh, we don't have mixtapes anymore, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, you know, back then you would you know literally just at recess. At least where I went to school, um, which was in East Harlem. That's where I went to elementary school, and uh, you know, Biggie used to hang out across the street from my school. Okay. Right? Biggie, Mace, or the whole bad boy family. Um, I felt like hip hop was uh, very much um, still a part of the community, uh, mm. if that makes sense, um, where, you know, rappers weren't afraid to um, to be outside. You mm. know what I mean? Mm. They weren't afraid to be outside. They weren't afraid of the violence that, that occurs nowadays. Um, and, you know, I think, you know, I think it's a very unfortunate now that you've got people that, you know, like Nipsey, RIP, um, you know, just people that are just trying to be cornerstones for their neighborhood can't yeah. even do that anymore. You know what I'm saying? Because, you know, the level of envy, um, you know, the level of uh, conflict, mm-hmm. I think, is has gone up. 
you know what I'm saying? And, and so it's a, a lot of, especially as young black men. And then, you know, police brutality is always still around, you know, that's been around, you know, since the police force was created. Um, and so, you know, it's just, it's tough. It makes it tough to be in our communities and be tangible and be people that we can, you know what I'm saying? A touch and feel and, and, and see that the dream is, is very real. Yeah. You know, now we, now we have to discover pretty much everything from a distance on the computer or on your phone. Um, so, you know, for me, it was like, hip hop was, it was there. Right. And this, this is the era where there's like still boom boxes, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Stuff like that, mm-hmm. where people are playing music, not, in their headphones for themselves, but playing music for everybody, you know what I'm saying? So you would literally hear it everywhere. And so from the age of five, or as long as I can remember, you know, hip hop has, has been, you know, the background music to my life. Um, and has, has been, you know, uh, a huge part of my life and, and my music experience. Sure. Um, and so, you know, it's, it's natural that, you know, my first album was actually a cassette it was as Mace's Harlem World. Oh, that was yeah. my. That was yeah. That was my first okay. album ever. What was your favorite um, track on there? Oh man, <laughs> I don't even know if I could pick one. Um, Mine is a take. Tell take me what's yours. what you want from me. Okay, we had that joint. Uh, what else we had? I mean, it's just so many. Um, well, and it's just so over there looking at looking me. at me. Girls <laughs> up in here. Yeah, I, love I love that. Yeah, man. So it's just, you know, it's it's just, you know, hip hop was fun. Um, You know, there was uh, there's just a great energy about it. It was very fresh and new, too, at the same time. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, you know, it's just supernatural that it it, uh, something that I turned to, um, you know, later in life when it when it was my turn uh, to get, you know, uh, my creative energy out. Um, Yeah. Just because it had been part of my life since pretty much day one. Yeah. There's something you said there, which uh, struck me when you were talking about how artists can't sort of be there in their communities now like they Mm -hmm. used to be able to why do you think that is what is it that you feel has changed man i just think um i think it's it's i think it's it's deep you know it's i think it's um from a psychological standpoint Mm. i think it's the generation that we have now um the hip hop community has not been taken care of um, the way that it should have been taken care of. Um, We've been treated like a stepchild (laughs) uh, until now us, you know, hip hop being hip hop and rap being the number one genre in the world. Mm. Um, But up until this point, it was like being treated like the stepchild and more importantly, the community, the communities in which hip hop come from, like the communities where it comes from, have been neglected. You know, mm-hmm. we've gone through the crack epidemic, which a lot of people feel like was, you know, purposely implemented. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, just the poverty levels. And eventually, like, you know, like my man Pac, Tupac said, it's like, you, we're going to try sing our way through the door, yeah. right? And it's going to be a gentle melody because we're trying to convince you to let us in. Mm-hmm. You're not going to answer the door. All right, cool. Now that, that beautiful melody is going to turn more into a little bit of a chant. Right. Mm-hmm. We're going to be like, yo, let us in. We out here trying to get some food. We see y'all in there. Y'all got all the food. Mm-hmm. And then you don't let us in. Then eventually it's going to be the type of energy where it's like we, we're kicking in the door um, yeah. and it's going to be a very forceful thing. And I think we've entered that point. And so to kind of circle back to answer your question, it's like I feel like the same thing is happening to our artists. You know what I'm saying? It's like you look at certain artists and you think, OK, that's a prized possession. If I if I tag him, if I get him, you know what I'm saying? 
now I now I got the juice. Now mm-hmm. you know I'm I'm that guy. And so it's like a, a power struggle. Um yeah. which I feel like is going on and, and also just a, there's a lot more envy, you know, because people yeah. have less and less and less. And it's like, you know, there's the only way to get it seems like the only way to get an opportunity or the only way to get change your situation is to do it by force. Mm-hmm. And so it's just everything is forced now. Um, it's a shame. I mean, I, I, it, I asked that question because, I mean, even with New York City, I mean, as far as I know, I know at least statistically, mm-hmm. it's a lot safer now than it was mm-hmm. in the 90s or maybe even in the early thousands. Mm-hmm. So sort of despite that overall decrease in crime, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm just curious as to what it is in people's mindset and mentality that has sort of changed in that direction that they would, you know, target people who essentially are even from their own community, right? These are the people you were, you were mentioning Nipsey Hussle. Mm -hmm. And of course, one of the saddest and most shocking things about his death was, you know, this was in his own community. This is a guy Mm -hmm. who is there helping, giving back, doing charity, employing people, all that kind of stuff in his own neighborhood and who hasn't just thought okay i got the money i'm gonna i'm bouncing i'll see you guys later right he's doing what he can and so i think one of the saddest things you know beyond a a young talented man you losing his life of course Mm -hmm. i think i think one of the saddest things was just those sort of circumstances around it you're just like man like yeah come on man you know like i see stuff like that and i'm not from i'm not from that area uh it's not it's not my own community but it just kind of makes me shake my head and be like, man, like this is uh this is the problem here. You know, yeah. how, are, how are people going to behave like this? Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I, I agree hundred percent. And a, yeah. a, a whole nother thing to that is like, uh, it's the gang culture, you sure. know what I'm saying? Like gang culture has grown, um, mm-hmm. especially in, in, in hip hop. Um, and you know, <laughs> half the artists you see these days are affiliated somehow some way um and so i think that's another part of it as well um that's unfortunate um you know carrying that energy into the music business um which has always kind of been there but i feel like now it's more popular you know what i'm saying and now it's more in your face so you know that's a whole nother side of it um but i think too it's like yeah crime in new york has gone down then you look at like the situation going on in chicago Mm. you know and la is always la and, you know, there's different pockets where I think s- some of these things happen. And, you know, I feel, you know, it's just it's super unfortunate. But uh, that's why I try to um, promote a more positive uh, direction for, um, you know, people to listen to my music. You know, sure. I, I still talk about the harsh realities. I still talk about the things I've been through. Um, I still talk about, you know, uh, you know, how certain things, are, you know, um, certain injustices. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the end of the day, I try to at least finish the message with something that, you know, is p- pushing forward. Sure. Um, something that is going to help to to grow the culture and to progress the culture forward. Um, and at least, you know, I, you know, hopefully I do, you know, my little part, you know, and, and yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, dude, that's, that's important, man, because I, the way I look at the world is, you know, everything, everything ripples outwards. Right. So whether you put out something, whether you put out positive energy or negative energy through your, your own life, the way you live, your own music, the messages you're putting out there and everything, I, I wouldn't play down how important 
that actually is. I think a lot of people play it down, but you know, we're, we're all like nodes on a network, everybody, especially these days, you know, we're all like one, two degrees of separation away from each other. Yep. So if you put out something positive, especially as an artist, right, you're, you're reaching thousands, hundreds of thousands of people every year. Yeah. So if you can give them something positive, I do believe that that has a, a ripple effect. And the same goes with negative, you know, you've got people, you know, who are influential to millions of people. And it's like, okay, you know, I can see both sides. On one hand, there's the, okay, it's, it's, it's just entertainment and someone might just be doing that. But if you're cross, if certain artists are crossing that line between just commentating or sharing their stories versus glorifying, right, 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 right. To me, that, that's the, there, there is a line, you know, I, I don't think all artists go one way or all artists go the other, but you know, there's certain stuff in hip hop where it's, it's kind of hard. If you're being honest, it's kind of hard to argue. Okay. This is kind of right. <laughs> this, this is just glorifying this. Right. Thing. Absolutely. And, and that's got the thing. Million, I, yeah. How, how do you, how do you know, like, how do you know where that line is? Mm. Right. Cause our biggest job is to make a track sound good. <laughs> you sure. know what I'm saying? For, for uh, all the listeners out there. So like, you know, I'm curious to like, what your take is on mm. like, where is that line? You know what I'm saying? Like if you're going to talk about something, you know, and it, it, you know, it's controversial to that degree. And, mm. and you, you know, I, there's a chance of you glorifying the street life. Where, how, where do you draw that line? Yeah, you know, it, it is a, it is a tricky one. I mean, there's, it always, there's a Jay-Z lyric that, that always hits me, you know, where he said, uh, Hove did that. So hopefully y'all won't have to go through have to that. Go through that. Yeah, right. ex- exactly. Right, right. Like to me, that's, that's kind of the line you see where right, it's right. like you're, you're showing both sides of it where it's like, okay, maybe I did this and that, but here's the opposite side of it. Or, but my homie did this and he's dead now, or he's in jail right. now. Right. This person is or whatever. Right. Not just like, okay, you can, you can just totally live this life and it's great. And there's no, there's no consequences. There's no downsides. This is the thing to do. It's like, to me, that's when it starts going into glorification territory. Okay. So talk about the consequences. Yeah. The, the consequences, gotcha. right. You know, the consequences okay. and, yeah, sharing the both sides of it, not just the let's do this drug, let's sell this crack, let's do right, it. Right. You know, it's like, makes makes perfect you know, sense. You know, yeah. Like that to me, sense. that's where that I think that's where the line is. And you know, I mean, I'm I'm very much big on individual responsibility. I don't think that in a perfect world, nobody would listen to anything and, you know, take it totally on board or seriously. But you know, again, if we're being honest, if you've got someone who's in a vulnerable position and you know yeah. maybe their parents aren't around or they don't have a father figure and they're just being let us you know it's i don't think the i'm not in the camp of thinking yeah the music is the reason for the problems but there's some stuff where i'm like mm, i don't think it's helping i don't think it's helping i, I think because i mean you make you make music i make music so i'm sure you've had you've certainly seen the positive impact that your music has oh on yeah you. yeah absolutely exactly. yeah and everyone accepts that part so I'm like, okay, so on the flip side, nobody can tell me that it's not at least possible for it to also have a negative impact. If it can have right. a positive impact, right. of course it can have a negative impact. So Absolutely, yep. You know, I just think everybody, yeah, I don't know. I don't want to dwell on it too long, but in terms of your own music, mm-hmm. um, we talked a little bit about how you got into it, but what was the first thing you put out there? What was your first project or single or mixtape or when, when did oh, you put man. out your first project? Um, so it's, 
it, it it's funny when you get into like recording um you you know and, and this is the part of um the journey that i think not a lot of people talk about um and maybe you know i don't know but maybe it's just me but i went through a phase where um it's like you have to learn how to project your voice in the studio into in a way in which you're going to like what you hear back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You go through this phase where it's like, I don't like how my voice sounds. Yeah. So uh, the time in which I started recording uh, and then the time in which I start, started releasing music, there's like a, just a gap there because I, w- I really wanted to master the craft, right? Because sure. I really actually cared about it. And, you know, I want to make sure that, you know, when people first hear me, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's something that I can stand behind and say, all right, this is, this is my best work at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is, you know, I can leave it all on the field, as they say. So um, I started recording uh, back in like 05, 06, uh, 07, somewhere around there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I recorded for like two years um, nonstop. I would take the train two hours a day. Oh, wow. um, to, to go to a studio in Brooklyn because it was the only studio I could afford at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I would take the, that journey two hours there, two hours back. So four hours total every day. Wow. Um, yeah. And, you know, I really started to hone the craft and I was actually appreciative for that time. I, I, I got to spend on the train because I would write more. I would rehearse more. I would memorize the tracks and edit them in my head so that when I got to the studio, I wasn't wasting time um, doing that on, on paid time. Um, so, you know, that was kind of cool process for me to go through. Um, so yeah, I've recorded for like two, two years or so. And then in 2009 ish, um, I started releasing like music 2008, 2009. Mm -hmm. Um, it was just singles. That's back when MySpace was still like the place to, to drop like music. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I would like, Like you know, I was, yeah, you know what I'm saying? I would like put music, I still miss it, man. I'm not. I'm not joking. Yeah. Do you know I'm, what I? Do you know what I loved is that it was just one platform. That's it. Just one platform. Just send people to this one place. Not here's my Facebook and my Instagram, right? And my Twitter and my YouTube, and my Spotify, and, my, and yeah, it's like just one place, man. One place. You know, one stop shop. Yeah. And you got a chance to really, you know, that's where I discovered Drake. Right. Mm. That's where Drake really blew up. Like he blew mm. up on MySpace because you were able to go to his MySpace and just dull, indulge in everything Drake. And it, it, he was popping. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so, yeah, I would release songs there. I had a little audience, but, you know, I, I, I always looked at it um, as, uh, you know, uh, just a, t- a taste tester. Right. I could I could no pressure. I could put music on there. And I know at any moment in time, if the song is whack, I could take it down. And then it's like it never existed. Yeah. Right. And so I would just use that as, you know, as 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 like a focus group mm-hmm. um, and ask people their opinions. I would message hundreds of people a day. You know what I'm saying? And I would follow people, ask for the follow back. Man, yeah. back then there was no bots and stuff yeah. like that. Like you had to put in the work. And so I would be behind the computer all day besides when I'm in the studio and I would just literally hit people up. What do you think about this song? Follow me if you, if you like it, if you hate it, let me know that too. So at least that way we're engaging. Right. And so I was like, all right, cool. And so I I used that to really build my confidence. And then once I started to get to a point where uh, people were consistently saying, all right, this is dope. This is dope. I I, I sort of found my stride. Mm. Um, And then I put together a project called the new golden era. Uh, and I, 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 you know, I had samples all over the place, so I couldn't really put it on iTunes at the time. Sure. Um, so I just had it on MySpace, which is also a cool thing about MySpace is you could put it on that platform and not get tracked down by Universal yeah. and Sony <laughs> and all the big monsters out there. Right. Yeah, yeah. And so, um, so it's just really cool, um, that I had 
the opportunity to really hone my skills. Um, um, but yeah, around 2008, 2009 is when I dropped some of my first stuff. And um, I consider the new golden era, uh, my first mixtape. And then I am us was my second mixtape. Okay. Um, which came out in 2010. And then from there, I released like an album a year, uh, okay. pretty much uh, up until now. And now so I'm working on like my eighth album. So awesome, man. Dude. What was the first song you ever put out? that really resonated with people and that because i find with all independent artists i think all artists in general it might not be their biggest song now but yeah. there's always that first song that's kind of like your first personal hit in a way yeah yeah uh it was, this, it was a song called banger okay b-a-n-g-a okay um yeah a song called banger because we thought it was a banger yeah. and uh and it actually turned out to be one um yeah. you know it's just you know in that small world and community that we were mm -hmm. in at the time but to us it was huge um but yeah it's a song called banger um featured uh, featuring uh, natasha alexander um who's out there somewhere uh still singing and still doing her thing mm -hmm. um but um but yeah it was just a song that came together so fluidly you know what i'm saying in, in in the studio it's just it was just one of those that, that's when i really understood studio magic you know what i'm saying and 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 uh, there being an energy and a spirit in the room you always hear like artists talk about oh there was just an energy in the room we can't describe mm -hmm. it um that's when I, re I i discovered what that was you know what i'm saying okay. when when the synergy just moves and from the engineer to to your friends that are in the studio to all the artists uh that are a part of the song when everyone's tapped into this one wavelength, mm. you know what I'm saying? And everyone's on that wavelength and it, it almost seems like you're in a dream. That's like, that's what I think all artists continue to strive for. Cause once you hit that, it's like a drug, you know what yeah. I'm saying? You want to get that on every song because you know, those ones are special. Um, and so that song had that energy in the studio. We, we knew it was going to be, you know, um, one of those songs. Mm. And then when we put it out, man, you know, billboard, gave us uh a, like a songwriting award for that oh wow um, yeah thank you man i appreciate it and you know people just really received it so well and, and you know the feedback was was crazy so um that definitely has to be the the first one that was like okay wow you know mm. this is what it's like to to have one of those special special moments yeah no i, I think with every artist i think you get um like different sort of different level levels of hits in a way Right. You know, I, I, I'm not necessarily talking like, you know, Billboard number one or something. Right. Right. There's always that first song that's like, OK, like this one, this is the one that's getting 90 percent of the attention yeah. kind of thing. Like, you know, I've made yeah. all these other 10, but this one people really, you know, gravitate towards. And you tend to have like a couple of those. Maybe that one gets you there. And then there's another one that gets you there. And yep. it kind of seems to go along that path for a lot of artists. Yeah, it's interesting how that works. Yeah. So let's talk about you being uh, independent, man. I'm also an independent artist, so I love speaking to my man. Salute, 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 man. <laughs> we, we even started actually around a around a similar time. So when you were talking nice. about adding people on MySpace and getting the follow back, yeah, I was like, I know exactly. Uh huh. Designing <laughs> exactly the page, yeah. and and I love the fact that you've been that you've been on the grind for a while, man. Because right. Of course, especially in the social media age, you'll have people who are discovering you every day. And mm -hmm. what's weird with music especially is that people see the tip of the iceberg. Mm -hmm. right? That's why when I, when I do these conversations, when I, when I talk to people, I like to rewind back because 
you know, I get people who, who come across me now and they think that Zuby just started existing in 2020. And sure. I'm like, I'm like yeah. dude, you, I'm like, you've missed so much oh, of yeah. the grind, you know, like, cause uh, I don't know if you know, like last year I was on um the Joe Rogan podcast. Yeah. 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 Uh, you know, yeah. C- like, congrats on that, by the way. That's awesome. Thank you, man. Yeah. It's like one of the biggest in the world. And so people were like, Oh, like this guy's just like turned up and got on the show. And I'm like, dude, like you miss so much. Oh yeah, man. <laughs> I didn't just, I didn't just come along and like, knock on this door man it, it's been a long grind right right and there's still a long way to go you know like, well, what do they say say it's, uh, it takes 10 years to be an overnight success yeah i th- I even think that's an understatement for sure I think 100%. It's like 15 to 20 yeah man most people yeah. anyway so talk about be tell them tell me a little bit about um why you chose to be independent and how you found it's evolved over the time because we both started out at a similar time prior to when, when nobody really knew what streaming was, I guess MySpace was technically streaming, but yeah, I, don't think, yeah. I, don't, I don't think people even called it that at the time. No, no. I don't think the word existed. This is like prior to iTunes, really. Mm-hmm. Um, back back when, then it was downloads. Yeah, downloads yeah, and yeah. physical CDs. And you've seen all of these transitions. So how have you, what's been your response to that? And how have you managed to sort of go through these different transitions, especially as an independent artist without I don't know, getting derailed or how have you taken advantage of it all? I'll be honest. The first thing I'm going to say on that is that I have no idea. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Um, No, seriously, like um, a lot. So there's, okay. We can prepare for the the next wave as much as humanly possible, but Mm -hmm. we can never predict it. Right. So you might be preparing for something that is not actually the catalyst moving forward. So, you just never know. Like Facebook changes its algorithms now on a weekly basis. So I could be preparing for one thing that's uh, doing well for us right now. And then all of a sudden in a week's time, it changes. And now we're back to square one where we have to learn an entirely new uh, scenario. Mm -hmm. So for me, it was just kind of being open enough to accept what whatever comes right and to to not scoff at it or to not be the type of person to be stuck and say you know what you know when when my space was popping uh and then youtube started to become the thing instead of saying ah nah you know what that that might be too hard now i gotta think about videos Mm -hmm. no what i did is i you know, went and talked to a lot of my friends that were in the video world. And it was like, yo, what does it take for us to put, put a music video together? What kind of cameras do we need? What type of budgets do we need? And then I worked my, you know, I, I worked my butt off to, um, to figure out that next wave. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's when Mac Miller, RIP and Rex Arrow, they oh, were yeah. leading the way with, with those, with the music videos, they were dropping mm-hmm. like a music video a month. They were going they were hard, like, man. They were going hard, man. Yeah. And it was like, it was like his own TV show. Yeah, like, I love that. Yeah. And so, you know, I, you know, I I just always made sure to be open to whatever it is that may come and to also always be paying attention. Um, Because the moment you're not paying attention is the moment you fall asleep and is the moment you get left behind. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, thankfully I was always up on my toes. Um, I was always reading different articles uh, and making sure that I was doing my best to be in the know. Um, And, and I think having that characteristic alone allowed me to adapt anytime something changed. Um, and so just, I guess just being just open, right. Just yeah. being open to, to the possibilities um, as an independent artist. And, you know, the reason I became an independent artist and decided to stay independent because mm-hmm. um, we did turn down some label situations. Um, 
was because, you know, I really do believe in owning my masters um, and, you know, owning my publishing more importantly. Um, And, you know, just being in a position where I can control the quality of the content Mm -hmm. um, and, and also the pace, the pace of the content. Um, you know, I think one reason that a lot of people right now are are going through like these mental health issues is because there's such an immense pace that this content needs to come out. And and you've got these young kids, it's like 18 to 21, and you're throwing them into so many different situations all over the world, day after day, after day, after day, hour after hour, after hour, you're driving these kids crazy. Yeah. Right. You know what I'm saying? And so I don't have, I I don't have to do that. Ain't nobody telling me when I got to drop something, you know, I can take my time if I need the time um, to make sure that it's done right, you know, or I can speed it up Mm -hmm. if I feel like I need to speed it up. And so I think that's a very important thing to have, like, in this day and age, um, you know, just to keep your your mental state at a place where it's healthy Um, and and to also keep your creative space um, in a place where it's healthy. Because uh, I think if you try to force things, that's when you come out with t- terrible music. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like you, you're going so fast. Yeah. You don't really have time to even sit on a, a song for more than a week in a lot of these cases. Yeah, man. Um, and, and, re- and see if you still like the song after seven days. Um, and so I think being independent is just so beneficial for all those things. And I think the biggest benefit of being independent right now um, is that it's, it's lucrative. Right. Sure. It, back in the MySpace days, it was hard to convince people to um, go to a- iTunes. It, there was no Apple Music. It was iTunes. Yeah. Convince someone to go to iTunes and spend nine ninety nine. You true. know what I'm saying? Nowadays, you spend nine ninety nine and you get every album that ever existed. Mm. You're, you're able to stream it. And so I think that transition is w- one of the best transitions possible is that we can make money off streams, mm. um, and which is an easier threshold uh, to convince people you know, new listeners to, to give you a shot. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So that's so interesting, man. See that, that, that's one, that's one place where, cause I used to, um, I used to primarily sell CDs, right? I was a very physical based artist. I'm not someone who, like, I was so resistant. I'm still a little bit resistant to streaming. Right. right, right. Know, like, I'm with you. I'm with you. Cause I, I like, I remember when streaming started up and I was kind of like, yo, wait, hang on. So I'm here charging like, 10 pounds for my albums right now you're just like you y'all are giving like everything away for free and you want to give me like <laughs> so I, pennies so, on the dollar dude yeah for for years literally i mean this might be one of the mistakes that i made in hindsight is how resistant i was to it because uh. you know rather than embracing it and thinking okay let me make this thing work for me i was like no like i'm not, <laughs> I'm, not di- I'm not directing anybody towards okay. the towards these streaming sites and stuff. So I think I was a little bit short-sighted in that regard, but you know, I was making like 90% of my income right. physical sales. Yeah. So it's like, man, I can't just give this up to get a fraction of what I'm currently making. So, yeah. you know, I've, I've worked it out and made up for it in other ways over the years. Yeah. But um, that's one aspect in my music career where in hindsight, I'm kind of like, hmm, I should have kind of jumped on that early and really embraced it and whatever. But, you know, I, hey, that's exactly. a learning lesson. That's exactly. A, that's a, exactly. And so, um, you can only grow from there. Uh, yeah. we're, we're using like PayPal and stuff to like, and Dude, then shipping CDs out. Man, man, I was I was just street hustling primarily, bro. Okay, yeah, yeah. Primarily oh, yeah. street hustling. I would just travel all over the UK, go to different cities with my headphones and my my MP3 player, 
That's awesome. Bags of CDs and man, I, I so I mean, I sold over, I sold well over twenty thousand albums on the streets amazing. of the UK, just going up to people, talking to that's, people. That's twenty thousand people you met in oh, person, dude. Dude, I've met, I've met over half a million people. That's see, see, you can't, you can't, man. You can't. I've met over half a million amazing. people. That's yeah. amazing. You can't yeah. do, you can't replicate that. No, no, you, you can't. So I, I am very grateful that I did do that because even now, you know, especially when it comes to online stuff, I do get a lot of people now like, dude, how do you, how do you deal with all the, all the online stuff? Like, especially yeah. on Twitter, like Twitter is my big one, you know, you know, I've got hundreds of thousands of followers on there and I, I receive all sorts of stuff because I'm, I'm at the edge of a lot of different worlds. So I'm in like, you know, For music sure. and the politics world and like this world and that world. So Oh, the politics yeah. now, oh, dude, man. Dude, dude. Yeah, it's, it, gets, it gets spicy, you know? And oh, I was, yeah. I put oh, out yeah. my spicy opinions, too. So it's like, oh, boy. Right, um, right. I enjoy it. But a lot of people ask me how I deal with it all. And actually, a lot of it is because I developed such a thick skin from mm-hmm. all of those years hustling. There you go. But it's like, dude, I've already, I've, I've had people ignore me, insult me, call me. Like, I, I've had every every rejection right? Like, right. Un- under the sun when you're just out there in some random city trying to hustle your music. So uh-huh. that's face to face. So right. like, dude, if someone wants to just like send me mean tweets, I, I don't really, that's nothing. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm that's like, nothing. I'm like, I'm like this, this is nothing, man. This is, yeah. this is, this is fine. Yeah. So, so let, let's talk a little bit about, uh, about the future. So you've just finished your European tour. You're yeah. back in the U S now. And yep. where do things go from here? Um, honestly, just, uh, picking up the consistency just cause I feel like it's, it's time, um, to, to, to really, um, focus on not only the quality, but the volume, mm-hmm. um, just because I have given myself, uh, these breaks. Um, I had a daughter in, in 2018. Awesome. She's about to be two. Um, so, you know, I, I wanted to try my best, you know what I'm saying? Try my best to balance, um, between family and music and uh i've i've i failed a little bit at balancing <laughs> you yeah. know because it's really hard um especially you know with such a, with a career that requires you it, it's not even an option it, it, if you want to succeed it requires you to be in a major city and on the road mm. um constantly uh and so you know for me you know at least giving it a shot to try and have that balance um was something that was important to me um, you know, so it took a little bit away from uh, me doing music as aggressively um, as I as I've been known to do music. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, that being said, now I feel like I'm in a little bit of a groove. I'm, I'm really starting to tr- figure it out, um, you know, after two years. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. But um, but now I think it's the time. And, and you know, we, we've got a great team. We've assembled a great team. Uh, my manager, publicists and, and uh, distribution companies are all. Uh, all in line and and it just it, it makes sense for us to to ramp it up just a tiny bit so we're going to start releasing singles uh starting with the next one uh called omg mm-hmm. uh that one's coming out february 21st and and then um after that we're just going to release really interesting visuals um you know stuff that you know makes people think you know uh one of my biggest things is is saying that i'm trying to hide the medicine and the candy right I like yeah. um I, I really want uh there to be that message there, no matter how um, melodic or commercial sounding the song sounds at the surface, there's 
messages in there that people can discover, right? Little mm-hmm. Easter eggs and stuff like that. So um, I want to make sure that that's not only in the music, but that's also in the videos. Um, and so we're working uh, with some directors who are writing treatments right now. Um, and that's, that's a part that I'm really excited about. And uh, yeah, so that's the future, man. It's just a lot more, um, a, a lot more content. Um, I want to do more podcasts like you know this uh okay. thank you for having me seriously this is, i think oh, this is my first real this is my first one <laughs> oh, cool. so this is history right here awesome. um you know what i mean and uh you know and just um give people the opportunity to see me you know what i'm saying see who i am like you know it's we used to have the blogs and the blogs used to write articles written articles and people actually used to read <laughs> at one point mm-hmm. in time right um and now now i feel like it's more intimate right we need to be in, in platforms like this you sharing your story um and and whether it's verbing people the right way or the wrong way right <laughs> you're, you're there and you're making people feel something which sure. is awesome right and 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 that's that's you yeah. um and and you're you're meant to do that and and so you know more of more of this and and more music more videos um and and just really continuing to tell the story right and and continuing to um let people know that there is a way when it comes to independent artistry, whether you're somebody who paints on stretch canvases or, you know, you record in the studio all day, um, there's a way forward. You can control your own situation, your, de- your destiny. Um, and if I can be that person to let, as if I can be proof that mm-hmm. it works, then I'm going to continue to push that forward. And that's what my future kind of looks like right now. That's awesome, man. And is there an overarching message that you want people to get when they listen to your music? I'm not going to ask you, what do you rap about? Cause I'm sure you find that just annoying as, as annoying as I do. <laughs> right. So, so I'm going to ask like, what's the overall overarching theme? If someone listens to a couple of songs, if they listen to an album, is there something that you want them to take away from that? Yeah. Uh, that you're not alone. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we're, we're out here, right. We're all going through this together. Um, and you know, I think the, the, the biggest, I think one of the toughest things is feeling like you're alone in your struggle or feeling like you're alone in whatever it is that you're going through. Um, and you know, feeling like you're not alone is, can be one of the most rejuvenating and like rejoiceful things is to mm-hmm. say, oh, you know what? Someone understands what I'm going through, you know, and if they can make it through, I can make it through. Um, and I think even just that alone helps to create and form a more positive outlook for somebody once they realize that it's not just them. Um, and so it's inclusive, right? You know, and I, I, that word is getting so cliche right now. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, ah, uh, what, what is he, re- what is he talking about? Yeah. Uh, I just, in all senses of the, the word, right. It's to be inclusive. Like it's just not to uh, discriminate against or, you know what I'm saying? Bully anybody out of a situation is to be welcoming and to say, this is the movement. And yeah. it's not all pretty daisies and roses, right? Like it's, it gets tough. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? We might have to, you know, go protest something, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and we might have to tell people, yo, check yourself because that's not what it is. That's not the move. Yeah. And that might happen. Right. I'm, I'm known to, to curse a cop out right just oh, okay I, yeah no i'm serious man it's like yeah. yo i gotta let the when something's when something wrong is happening yes sure, sure. not just for no reason but okay uh, yeah 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 not yeah this guy's brave 
no, no. I'm it's in the like, UK. Well, they don't have they don't have guns here. Oh yeah, well, see, yeah, you would get away with it a lot easier than I would. Uh, I've been staring at the wrong end of the gun once in my life, once or twice. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but it's just like you know what I'm saying. Like if I see injustice, that's the biggest thing sure. for me. It's like you know to speak up about it, and so that might happen. It's not pretty, right? Mm. And and it's, it's something that could get me in a lot of trouble, and and has quite frankly. Um, but at the end of the day, my overarching message is I just don't stand for injustice. And I, I want to make sure that people don't feel like they're alone. You know what I'm saying? And, and if I can make music that makes you feel um, included, makes you feel like you have a family, even though we might not be, you know, in touch in the physical world. But, mm. you know, if you can throw your headphones on and listen to the music and say, you know what, I, I, this makes sense to me. You know, that's, you know, that's more than I could ever wish for. I hear you, man. How has becoming a father changed your outlook? Whoa. <laughs> oh, it's crazy. Especially I got a daughter. <laughs> so that's a whole nother ball game, man. Yeah. It's just, um, called real talk with Zuby. Yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. I mean, it's, you know, it's, it, it's still hitting me. Mm. I'll be, I'll be quite honest with you. Um, I've heard, um, I've heard it before where, you know, I, friends of ours or, you know, just people in general say, Oh, it's, it instantly makes so much sense. You know, it's, uh, it's like love at first sight. Yeah. You like they're covered in blood and it's like crazy. And it's like in the, you're in the delivery room and it's just like, what is happening? Right. Yeah. And you're, it's, you're experiencing all this for the first time. And it's like sensory overload. And then, you know, you've got your significant other and, and she's going through the process of giving birth. And then, so you're just like, Oh, you're trying to be attentive, but then you got a screaming baby that's covered in blood. And yeah. so for me, it wasn't like instant. Yeah. To me, it was like, <laughs> man, I, I'm like on an episode <laughs> of Oz. Like, this is crazy. And, yeah, yeah. and so it was like, you know, it wasn't instant for me, but I think that's also beautiful because then, then it's a it's a journey at that point to getting to know this new human, right? Mm. This and and getting to know as she grows, it's like. And, and develops a personality and is able to talk, right? And is able yeah. to walk and, and form her own personality. You know, we're getting to know each other. And it's, it, it's I think that's, that's a beautiful journey. So even if it isn't just instant, it, I, I appreciate the gradual love that, is, that gets built, um, you know, as life kind of progresses, right? Yeah. And, and uh, it, it's just very real, right? <laughs> you know, I, I don't, I don't want to ever give the hallmark version of what it is to become a father and like yeah. go through that process. It's, it's a very real thing and a very sobering um, mm-hmm. thing as well, um, which has humbled me. Um, I think, you know, one thing is it, it makes you aware of your own mortality. Oh yeah. Right. Cause now you want to be there for your kid. You want to experience all these moments, all the graduations, the wedding, mm-hmm. you know, you name it, the proms, everything. Yeah. And the fact that you may not is kind of crazy. You know what I'm saying? Like you, you start to look at it as like, I, I'm not guaranteed to to be there for that, you mm-hmm. know? And that, it kind of sucks. <laughs> it like makes yeah. you sad. You know what I'm saying? Like, I hope, you know? And then, and then you get into that space where it's like, I hope I can make it to all those different um, life events, yeah. um, you know? And, and so it just really makes you aware that's awesome, you know, nothing, nothing is promised. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm not, I'm not a father yet. I, I will be, I will be eventually. Um, okay. But I, the one thing that, I mean, I've got a, I'm the youngest of five kids, and you know, I've got, I've got nine. Oh, wow. 
I've got nine nieces and nephews, so oh, so you got I, a lot of practice. <laughs> yeah, I've seen the, I've seen the process a lot, right? Um, and you know, one thing that always just strikes me—I mean, it, it's very obvious—but one of the craziest things about parenthood is its permanence. You know, it's mm. like it's permanent, right? It doesn't matter how yeah, doesn't matter how old you are. I mean, I was talking to um, this is a few months ago now, but I was talking to a, an old man who was like. I was talking to him and he was telling me about his family and he was like, you know, I have three children. He was like, I have a 70 year old. <laughs> oh my I have a 68 year old. <laughs> I, I was just laughing, you know, cause I was like, that's so funny to hear. I have a 70 year old and it's like, right. yeah, that's still his child. Right. Oh my goodness. That's amazing. <laughs> you know, like, that's still his kid, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know. Yeah. That's wild. <laughs> I was like, man, that's so funny. And he's like, yeah, you know, I still worry about them. Like you never stop worrying and, I'm like, man, that's, that's just funny. You know? The question is, is that still your, like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you know how they ask that question? It's like, uh, but you'll always be my little whatever, right? My, my little course. boy or my little girl. Can you justify that <laughs> at, with a 70-year-old? It's funny, isn't it? That's yeah, amazing. Well, it doesn't matter because they, yeah. they still remember sure, when yeah. they were just crapping in their pants and having to change uh, their diapers. And, they're, like, probably still, they're probably back to crapping in their pants at 70. <laughs> Yeah, so that was just a really funny conversation. I was just like, man, that's crazy. Like it never like Yeah, the permanence. That's you know, deep. Like, yeah, yeah, that's deep, man. We're just coming up to an hour right there, bro. Yes, sir. Oh, oh man, it flew by. Yeah, absolutely, man. It's been such a pleasure talking to you. I'm sure people are gonna want to check out your music after listening to this. Where do you uh direct them to go? Um, Spotify is uh the biggest platform for us. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, if you don't have Spotify, we're we're everywhere. Apple Music, Google Play, uh Napster, you name it. Um, Pandora. And so yeah, just uh if, if you have Spotify, hit us there. Uh, it's the place where we're most active. Uh, I love how Spotify has that like uh the social aspect to it. And uh yeah, and then other than that, the biggest platform we're on because I like to direct people to one place and not a thousand yeah. um, is on uh, Instagram. Instagram is, is where it's at. You could DM me there, hit me up on there. And I'm most likely to reply to you within 30 minutes to an hour. Um, awesome. So, And what's your handle on Instagram? Uh, handle is at I am Jonas. So I A M Y O N A S. Um, yeah. Just holler at me anytime. Awesome. I will put that in the podcast description. Jonas. It's been My a man. great talking to you, bro. Zuby, man, I appreciate you, man. Like, we just made history right here. It's the first one. Yep. Uh, hopefully not the last. Um, I, I truly appreciate you having me. No doubt, man. I wish you all the best this year and onwards. Thank you, brother. I am the man, sick with the slang, sick and I'm destined for fame. Do for the fam, not for the grand. Stunt me and destined for pain. I do not front, I do not scam. Put some respect on my name. Sick like a bang. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan 
planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.